Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Welcome, everyone, to episode 34 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And I hope you're sharing the link in the podcast with your friends and family, neighbors, coworkers. You know, you can share it on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And just that simple act will help people have an opportunity to grow in their faith. So when you finish listening this week, share it. And you can even retweet and share the link when you see it, like on your Facebook page or your Twitter page. Just go ahead and do that. We try to put that up as well. So just be on the lookout for that and just share it right there on the spot. And that's probably the simplest way. Speaking of sharing, Pastor Tommy, we're going to talk today about sharing the gospel. And you know what? It's not just for professionals. Mm. Uh, God has called the entire church to be engaged with the message of the good news of Christ. And uh, but most of us don't. You know, that's that's the dirty little secret mm. I think that's out there. Uh, you know, and I have to ask the question: Why does it seem to be such an issue in the life of our church today? Yeah, you know. Yeah. I hope we can answer some of those questions today. Yeah, we're going to talk about that and why we struggle so much with evangelism, why we have a hard time sharing the gospel. But before we do, I've got a question to ask you, Trey. Yes, I'm waiting on the question. You're waiting on the question. Now, you have to think carefully about this. Okay. Because you probably haven't been asked this in quite a while. But okay. it's an important question. Go ahead, man. You ready? Ready. All right. Do you like your toilet? <laughs> Sometimes. Except when I have to plunge it. Except when you have to plunge it. <laughs> but but you feel like it's a pretty decent toilet. Yeah, it's a decent toilet. Do you think much about your toilet? I do not. I don't think much about it. So it doesn't I mean, you use it a lot. We all use our toilets quite a bit, right? Several yes. times a day, I guess, or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. But you don't think much about it, do you? No. Most Americans don't think much about their toilets. Mm-hmm. And if you go to any home, any business, any restaurant, most toilets are pretty much the same, aren't they? Mm-hmm. That's Porcelain. Right. You flush them. They're white. White. Unless you have a toilet from like the 70s, they were green. They were green for a while. You remember that? I do, but we had a, we had one of those fuchsia ones yeah, when I was, was a kid. up with that? That's crazy, huh? It was, it was I, amazing. I'm glad it was an amazing back, looking Yeah, toilet. I'm glad we've gone back to just white toilets. I am too. Yeah, am too. those green and fuchsia toilets are... Anyway, you don't think about your toilet much, do you? No. I but you know who it. does think about their toilets a lot? The Japanese people. Really? They are innovators in toilets. So they're really into it. Yeah, I read an article this week. This is crazy, okay? So so there's this company that has made this toilet. It's called the NeoRest NX2 Dual Flush Toilet. I want it already. Yeah, this is the toilet of all toilets. Now, it comes equipped with uh, a bidet. Now, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know if I said that right, and I've never used one of those in my life, but... A bidet. Bidet. Just bidet. It's just a French bidet, word. Bidet. I know it's a French word. I don't speak French, though. I can barely speak Je English. Je parle un peu français. Yeah, right. Do you have one? Do you have a bidet? On I do toilet? not. I said I speak a little French. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I've never used one, but apparently this, every Japanese toilet comes equipped with one of these. But not only that, they come equipped with a dryer. Isn't that nice? <laughs> wow, that's luxury. Whoa, 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 whoa. not done yet. All not right, done go, yet. Go, let's hear it. Heated seats. Now I could go for that. Isn't that cool? Yeah, no. Like I could and go so for there's that. these Japanese toilets, and they're becoming and seriously, they're becoming more and more common in, in Japan. You go to a restaurant, a business, eighty percent of homes have high tech toilets. Man, Eight, you got a panel on your wall that you control the temperature of your seat. 
Wouldn't it be amazing? That no, I, mean, I, I, I got to tell you, that's worth it. Just that one thing. Yeah, you don't want to burn your bottom, but you know. <laughs> anyway, so so heated seats, bacteria neutralizing ultraviolet lights. Why didn't we cut? Now that seems like that makes right? sense. You don't even have to clean your toilet. It yeah, cleans that itself, makes sense. right? Um, remote controls, so you can automatically open and close your toilet seat. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I guess. They I come with built-in deodorizers, like this de- deodorize the whole room from your toilet, right? Sounds amazing. Why can't a, we get I, one of those over here? What is that? What is up with that? I, I just want heated yeah. seats in my toilet. That would be that would be the dream. That would be and and, be and automatically, you know, cleans itself and deodorizes itself. Man. Can you imagine not having to scrub your toilet? That oh, I I don't really do it, so I don't know. Why are the Japanese so far ahead? I'm not their- saying it doesn't get done. My wife's a real good toilet scrubber. I hope someone in your house is scrubbing your toilet. But anyway, I just don't get it. Why the Japanese are so far ahead in toilet technology and we are lagging behind. It does make you wonder. Yeah, we just don't think about our toilets. Mm-mm. We use them, but we don't think about our toilets. Mm-hmm. I say all that to say this, Trey. Many of us who are listening to this are followers of Jesus, go to church every single Sunday, involved in Sunday school, life connection groups, ministry, and we don't think much about evangelism, mm-hmm. right? And so we've done something really unique at Northwood, and if you're part of our church listening to this, you know this. If you're not a part of our church, here's what we're doing. Uh, we know that we've got to start thinking about it much more regularly, mm-hmm. and we not only need to think about it, but we need to do it. And so we've taken the whole month of March at our church, and we've restructured our schedule. And, and during what we traditionally have as our Life Connection group time, Sunday school, whatever you call it in your church, we are meeting together as one faith family just talking about evangelism mm-hmm. and how to be more effective in sharing the gospel because we feel like it's that important, that we yes. need to rearrange our entire schedule just to focus on uh, talking about being more effective in sharing the gospel. So we started this last Sunday. It was really, really cool, right? We had a great time together this past Sunday morning talking about uh, reasons why we struggle sharing the gospel, had some very good insights, very good conversation around tables. What was the thing that surprised you most? As we talked together Sunday morning with our, our people about evangelism, what, what do you think surprised you most in the conversation? I was surprised that they were surprised mm. that they considered our church evangelistic and yet, on a personal level, they were not. Yeah, so we we, we kind of took some informal surveys, yeah. and we, we talked about the evangelistic temperature of our church mm-hmm. and the evangelistic temperature of us as individuals. And we said something like this, like, a, um, imagine a thermometer, and uh, just imagine, imaginary thermometer, you know, zero being, you know, cold as cold can be, 50 being pretty warm, and 100 being, you know, boiling hot, where are you? And, and a lot of our people said, hey, we're between a 20 and a 30, we're just not really evangelistically hot. We're not sharing the gospel a lot. And then we asked, hey, well, what's the evangelistic temperature of our church? And, you know, most people said, you know, 70, 75, we're pretty hot as as a church evangelistically. Mm. And just a disconnect, right? Individually, we're not very hot, hot, but as a church as a whole, we're pretty hot. Well, how's that even possible, right? Because if you're going to be hot as a church, you need to be hot as an individual, right? And so just that disconnect that we think we're pretty evangelistic, but in actuality, we're probably not, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what happened. I, and I think they were just, you know, it was that one of those aha moments yeah, in their lives, yeah. you know, that we believe in evangelism, we just don't yeah. do it. And, and every Christian does, right? We want to see people come to faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's, a, you know, a follower of Jesus that doesn't want to see his friends or family member come to faith in Christ. We just don't do a very good job of helping our friends and family members know about Jesus. And I think, unfortunately, what's happened is 
uh, part of what I said at the beginning, you know, it's kind of like left up to the professionals, yeah. whether it's the pastor or somebody that's a real quote unquote soul winner. Yeah. You know, we kind of bring our friends and we expect them to take care yeah, of let it. Let somebody else do it for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. It's just, you know, it's just the way it is. And so, so we want to talk about some reasons, three reasons why we struggle with evangelism. We talked about these Sunday mornings. So really in a lot of ways, uh, if you were a part of our church or if you're a part of our church and you were here Sunday morning, this is a recap, a review, but we thought it'd be helpful to review yeah, these I think things and talk a, through them. It's good just for me to hear it again. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. So let's do it. So let's talk about struggling with evangelism today. Uh, the first struggle is that we have lots of problems. We have lots of problems. Mm-hmm. We all got problems, don't we, Trey? Oh boy, do we. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about Sunday morning just the barriers. One of the problems we have with sharing our faith is we have lots of barriers. So what were some of the barriers we talked about Sunday morning that keep us, prohibit us from sharing the gospel? Well, they don't have lost friends. Yeah, we heard that a lot. Yeah. We asked the question, what are the barriers? And we had lots of people that said, we just don't have lots of lost friends. Mm-hmm. That was certainly a big yeah. issue. So we surround ourselves with lots of Christians, which is a good thing. We need to have lots of Christian friends, but sometimes to the exclusion Mm -hmm. of a lost world around us. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this in our staff meeting this morning, just helping our people to see, hey, you got neighbors. Yeah. Right? If you live in a neighborhood, you got neighbors that probably aren't followers of Jesus. So being more (laughs) intentional, just maybe in your neighborhood would be a good start. But, Mm -hmm. But just the fact that, man, that's a barrier for us that... Sometimes we just don't have a lot of lost friends. What were some of the other barriers we talked about? I think one of the things they talked about, they just didn't know what to say. Yeah, what do we say? I mean, we we might have heard the gospel a lot because we're in a good Bible-believing church, but, okay, I've heard it, but I haven't shared it, so what do I actually need to say when I get into a conversation? I don't Mm -hmm. know what to say. It's a barrier. Uh, how to introduce it. In other words, yeah. how do you get in the the conversation? Exactly. So we talked about all these different barriers, and, and at the end of the day, what is the number one barrier that we have to sharing the gospel i'm the number one barrier i'm the number one barrier <laughs> exactly hey, we Self. can we can blame it on all these outside circumstances right i don't have lost friends i don't know what to say um you know whatever but at the end of the day the biggest barrier you have to sharing the gospel is yourself mm-hmm. right at, at some point you, you just can't make the excuse anymore that i don't know what to say because you can learn what to say mm-hmm. right um you know the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You have God's word. You can learn what to say. You can make lost friends. At some point, those barriers are nothing more than excuses, and you have to take responsibility for those excuses and say, I'm the barrier. We also had several people that say that they just don't share the gospel. They just yeah. have never done it. Just you know? have never done it. And Kelly said, because of that, that's my wife, Kelly, she said that uh, they've never experienced that moment in time when you're sharing the gospel and you just experience this supernatural yeah, outflow yeah. of your mouth. Yeah. And so they, because they've never done it, they yeah. never experienced yeah. that. Yeah. So that, and that's part of it. Yeah. Learning to share the gospel is is also coming to the realization that it is a spiritual thing, mm-hmm. right? That that God really is at work in those conversations and. He does speak through his people who mm-hmm. are faithful to him. But if you have never done it, then you've never experienced the power of God at work in you in those moments. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we talked about barriers, right? That, those are problems. But we also talked about personal problems. Right. Remember what we talked about when we talked about personal problems when it comes to sharing the gospel? Go ahead. Okay. I, think I, I think I was running off yeah, papers, yeah, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. So when we talked about that Sunday morning, we talked about, okay, we've got these barriers, these excuses. I don't have lost friends. I don't you know, know what to say or whatever the case may be. But then there are personal problems mm-hmm. that become hindrances to us sharing the gospel. Good For point. example, right? 
well, I, I just can't share the gospel right now because, man, my life is a mess, right? Okay, yeah, yeah I my, know what you're talking about my, now. My, 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 my marriage is terrible, and so that becomes an excuse for not sharing the gospel. I'm, I'm going through, you know, a, an illness. Cancer mm-hmm. has stricken my body. I, I can't share the gospel. Right. I'm just trying to survive. Yeah, I'll right? worry about all that stuff yeah, later. I, I got to get through this I cancer. Get through this I got to get through whatever it is. I've got, I've, I'm in a financial crisis. Yeah. I'm just trying to serve, share the gospel. Minister, what are you talking about? I'm just trying to survive, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And so, so those personal problems uh, then become a reason why we don't share the gospel mm-hmm. because we're just going through too much in our own lives to even be concerned about other people. We're just concerned about ourselves and trying to survive life, right? And we fail to realize that those personal problems sometimes are designed by God to actually give you a platform to share the gospel. Because in that season of cancer, yes, that is a horrible disease, right? Mm -hmm. But think about the doors that it opens for gospel ministry as you're able to, and I shared an example of that Sunday morning of, of people I led to the Lord years ago where one of those that that person, that lady who uh, I led to the Lord years ago, uh, was diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. shortly after she came to faith in Christ. But man, used that as an opportunity to begin sharing the gospel just like crazy. And and so just realizing none of us like problems. Problems are challenging. They're difficult. But God is faithful to us in those problems. And in those problems, God often always provides opportunities for us in the midst of our suffering to speak the truth of the gospel. And that's that's powerful when we're able to speak truth even in the midst of our suffering. Yeah. I actually say it this way, you know, a watching world is looking to see how we deal with our struggles. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to be, it's easy when it's easy. Right. It's easy to be a Christian when it's easy. Right. But they want to see when you're going through these things, how are you going to respond? Absolutely. They want to hear, okay, well, how did you make it through that? You know? Yeah. And that be, that is the platform. That's right. That becomes the platform. Now, we never want to minimize problems. Problems oh, are difficult. No. Problems are painful. Uh, problems, they do. They, they, they are a hindrance in life. Mm-hmm. But don't for a moment not think that God is not at work. Mm-hmm. Or don't for a moment think that God is not at work in your problems. He is at work. And often in your problems, those are your best opportunities to make Christ known. Mm-hmm. So we have lots of problems, but the, we also struggle with evangelism because we're involved in too many programs. Yeah. What do you mean by that? We're busy. Uh, right. Even church, church busy, you mean? We are or? busy in church. We're busy outside church. We're busy, busy, busy. Yeah, I would agree. So we talked about this Sunday morning, and, and people know this. Uh, because it is highly possible to be busy with the work of the church, mm-hmm. yet rarely share the gospel. I mean, we talked about this Sunday morning that, that you know, you and I, we do this vocationally. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're already here a good portion of the week because, you know, we, we are, 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 are paid ministers of the gospel. And so we're daily in the grind of ministry and uh, work of the ministry and all of this. But on top of that, we come together with the faith family. Right. So Sunday mornings, we might spend, you know, get here at whatever time we get here, leave one thirty, two o'clock or whatever, and then come back sometimes on Sunday evening. So on Sundays, it's very possible to spend five hours here mm-hmm. easy with with people. Mm-hmm. And then on Wednesday nights, we have a pretty busy Wednesday schedule. So it's possible to spend another three, four, sometimes five hours here on a Wednesday evening. Right. Mm-hmm. And so let's just say that we work Work-wise, vocation-wise, we work 50 hours a week, and then we spend an additional 10 hours here a week. That's 60 hours that you and I as vocational ministers have devoted to the church. Mm -hmm. And there are some weeks, right, that I devote 60 hours to the church, yet I haven't shared the gospel, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so you think about that person who maybe isn't a vocational minister, uh, who's spending 40, 50 hours a week at their job, his job, her job, and then volunteers 
another 10 hours a week to the church, but wow. yet hasn't shared the gospel. Yeah. And so we're busy, right? Doing a lot of stuff and maybe even a lot of church stuff, 10 hours a week that we're given to the life of the church, but yet have not shared the gospel. And then you put on top of that just the other demands of life. I've spent 10 hours at the church on top of my my job, and then I've spent, I don't know, four or five hours in extracurricular activities. Maybe we've got our kids involved in, in, in ball or in music or in whatever the case may be. And before you know it, you've spent all kinds of hours doing all kinds of stuff, but you haven't shared the gospel. You haven't done the one thing that Jesus has actually commissioned you to do. Mm-hmm. And so, man, why we struggle with evangelism? Because we have programmed our lives to death, mm-hmm. involved in so much stuff, and and a lot of good stuff. You got to work, right? Uh, you got to provide your kids with some opportunities outside of school, right? You're involved in church. All those things are good things, mm-hmm. but those good things have pushed sharing the gospel to the side. I think, um, you know, I don't want to use that as an excuse, but certainly it is it is reality, yeah. what you're saying. And I think that's, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when the Bible talks about go into all the world and preach the gospel, mm. uh, is that not the participle that says as you are going, right, actually? Right, right, and right. so we have to kind of figure a way to use our current activity yeah. many times. Uh, my yeah. wife's a teacher, and she spends 60, 70 hours a week in, in, in you know doing teacher stuff. And so she looked at me Sunday afterwards, and she says, "Where do I have the time to do this? Yeah. Where do I have the time?" Yeah. And uh, you know, I, and I said, "It's got to be an as you're going. You know, yeah. you you need to go to the same register at the grocery store. You need to go to the same gas station. You need to, you know, those kind of things and get to know people yeah. a little bit." And we, wherever you are, yeah. right? Because we believe wholeheartedly that God has placed you in the places you are mm-hmm. by His sovereign design. He has put you in that job that you are in right now. He is put you around people at the ball field or whatever the case may be. So as you are going, you know, in those activities that you're already involved in, Mm -hmm. what are those opportunities around you where you already are? And just kind of change in the way you see your busyness, right? Just don't go for the sake of going, but as you are going, Mm -hmm. there are people around you that need the gospel. And so it's just, it's really a change of perspective, is it not? Mm. There's nothing necessarily wrong with being busy, but use your busyness for the sake of the gospel, Mm -hmm. right? But we have busied ourselves so much that we don't make the time in our busyness to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wrote down a little note here. It said, just use, just use your everyday activities. Yeah. You yeah. know, what you're doing, yeah. use them. But that's the problem, right? We struggle with evangelism because we got problems, barriers, personal problems. We struggle with evangelism because we have, we have programmed our lives to death. And yeah. And then number three, we have the wrong priorities. And really, if you think about it, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. We're, we're living... Uh, this life with the goal of living life for my benefit and my pleasure and to have a good family life, raise good kids, all those things. And nothing is wrong with a good family life and raising good kids, but we have missed the number one priority of life. And that is living for Jesus. And the way you said it Sunday was so good because I think this is how we all are. We say, God, you're first. I want my family second. I want, and we go down this list of things. Right, right. So I think most of us listening, uh, we would say our priorities are right. Right, yeah. because I, if we were to make a list of priorities and write down a piece of paper, here's my top five priorities. Mm-hmm. Number one, God. I mean, Amen. Praise the Lord. Number two, my spouse. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number three, my 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 kids. Number four, my job. Number five, and just going down the list, we'd make a list of priorities, and we would feel good about ourselves because mm-hmm. we'd hold up that list, and say, "Well, God is my first priority." Yeah. How do I know God's my first priority? Because this morning. First thing when I got up, I had my right? devotions. I had my time with yeah. him, and I I prayed a bit, and 
And, and then, you know, I went on to this and went on to that. And Sunday I went to church. So I know God's my first priority because I spent time with him first thing this morning. That's what you do when something is your first priority. You give it the first of your day. And so we feel good about that. The problem with a list of priorities is that it becomes a checklist. Mm, right? Yeah. yeah, I can see that. So, so I take that list of priorities and I check God off the box. I did my God time today. I'm good. Move on. I did my spouse time today. I listened to my spouse today. I helped her out around the house a bit today. Move on. I did my kid time today, right? I took them to the ball field. I helped them with their homework. I did my job time. And so, so the problem is, while we have God number one on the list, God becomes just another priority among many, lots of priorities. priorities yeah. And that's the problem. God is not a priority among priorities. Having number one on your list, that's great. But that's not enough, Mm -hmm. right? God is the priority. He is it. He is the entire list, right? He's not a priority on a list of priorities. He's it. Like, he's the entire list. He is the priority of our lives. And every other priority that you think you have really should find its meaning and purpose in him, Mm -hmm. right? I think uh, I think Colossians one talks about having uh, Christ preeminent in yeah, all things, yeah. and so the way I've kind of taught it, and uh, you have as well, is Jesus is first. Jesus is first in my relationship with Him. Yeah. Jesus first, my family. Jesus yeah. first. Jesus first. Jesus yeah. first. So He has preeminence. It's so it, it, it takes away this idea, the secular idea of compartmentalization. Right. Where we say this is my God life. This is my work life. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do. We compartmentalize, yeah. right? My family life, my God life, my church life, my work life, mm-hmm. my hobby life, and all those kind of things. And what we're saying is, no, that's not the way it works. It, Jesus is it. Mm-hmm. He is your life. And so everything finds its meaning in him. So your marriage ultimately finds its meaning in Christ. If you don't have Christ preeminently ruling and reigning of your marriage, you can have some struggles, yeah. right? Your parenting finds its meaning in Christ, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, your job ultimately finds its meaning as you view your job through the lens of the gospel. And so everything finds its meaning in him. He's not a priority on a list of priorities. He is the list. He is it. And I think that's why we struggle with evangelism. We just got the wrong priorities. Yeah. We might have made Jesus top priority. We give him some time, but we haven't given him what you've said, what Paul says in Colossians, preeminence, mm-hmm. that he is our all in all. Mm-hmm. So if, if we were to say, okay, the priority, we have the wrong priorities, then give us an idea how that would work, let's yeah. say, in uh, a 24-hour period, how then does that become a part of our evangelistic uh, outlook on what we're going to do to to share Christ? Yeah. So if Jesus is our priority, mm-hmm. if he is the priority of priorities, if he is the list, then his mission becomes our daily agenda. Okay. Right? Because he's our priority. He's the king. He's giving us the orders, and he already gave us the orders. Mm-hmm. Right? Matthew 28, go in all the world, share the gospel. So that that if Jesus is the priority— his mission has become our agenda. What he says is what we do. And so we begin to view all of life through his mission. So therefore we see our job not only as a way to provide for our family, and it certainly is, but yes, we sir. see our job as what? Our mission field. Mm-hmm. We see it as a way to bless others for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter what your job might be, there's an opportunity for that to be your mission field. We see our family. Man, what greater mission field is there than your family? Wow. Right? Yeah. Your kids that man, who are made in the image of God, who you desire to see them do their best in life. They're only going to do their best in life if they know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so our kids aren't just, you know, um, kids that we raise and hope they turn out okay. Man, our kids, man, they're our mission to help them to know Mm -hmm. Jesus, our spouse, right? Um, You know, 
we want to help our spouse grow in Christ's likeness. You see, so so because Jesus is the priority, his mission becomes our agenda. It drives everything we do. And just be honest, we just don't think like that. I don't think like that like I need to, right? Yeah, I think Dr. Henry Blackaby said it this way. He said, just think of wherever God has placed you, school, uh, your work, your hobby, wherever it is. That's where he has given you authority in his kingdom. In other words, that's the kingdom of God that he's placed you over. Yeah. over. Yeah. And you need to take it seriously yeah. that where yeah. you have been placed. Yeah. And uh, he and his son, Richard, have put together a whole idea on how to make your business that type of a kingdom work. Right, right, right. And right. Uh, it's both too. It's not an either or. And that's right. It's, it's, that's right. I think that's important. But man, I think if we could get this, it would help us solve the other struggles that we have with evangelism. If we would understand that Jesus is the priority, that he is it, mm -hmm. right? Those barriers are going to come crashing down. Amen. Right. So, so then, um, is there anything that we can do, let's say in the next week, how do we start that process of getting to the, the, the sort of a point in yeah. our lives? Yeah, I think it starts with prayer. Yeah. It starts with asking God to help us to see his agenda, his mission, and help us, uh, to, to see where we need to change in our own lives, you know, how we need to allow Jesus to be the priority of our lives. So I think it starts with prayer and then it's doing what we're doing at Northwood. We're putting ourselves around other people right now on a mm -hmm. weekly basis just to reinforce this idea. And so are you around people that are going to help you to rearrange your priorities where Jesus becomes the priority of your life? And so it's being around people and then it's just doing it, right? And that's what we're doing right now at Northwood. We're helping each other learn how to do it uh, so that we can be more effective in this area. But I think it really does start with, okay, God, help me. I, I've got to change my um, perspective of life to see that, you know, your agenda, your mission is my agenda. All right, we have some people listening right now that are probably struggling with this issue in their life. They're, if they're believers, and, uh, and we have a lot of strong believers that are listening to this, they struggle, still struggle in this area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what? Um, talk to them and kind of share with them, okay, here's where you start. Yeah, here's where you start. You start with a goal, right? Because I know that, that and we found this out Sunday morning, um, there are many in our church that have never shared the gospel. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we don't want to beat people up and say, man, you, you, you're a terrible Christian because you've never done that. Mm -hmm. We're saying, okay, recognize where you are. Let's change that. So the goal for you, over the next three months, you can share the gospel with one person. Mm -hmm. Set that goal. We've been talking about praying for people that we know, our oikos, people that we know who are far from Jesus, begin praying, begin finding ways to minister to that person, Set a goal. Yeah. The goal for for many in our church is going to be Good Friday. Yeah. Where we're going to encourage people to have a lost person in their home to share a meal with and to share a gospel with. That's the first goal. Just set that goal. Work towards it. Ask God to help you. Get trained. Get equipped like we're doing right now in the life of our church and do it. Right. Amen. Set a goal. Go after it. You can do it because this not because you know you have the power within yourself, but because the Spirit of God lives in you and has empowered you for this very purpose. Uh, one one convention has this idea of find your one or, or right right who's so your one yeah. who's your one but yeah. that one Same let's idea. go after that one let's first go we got to go after the one first let's get going to do that yeah because you know it like I do and I, and I know we're gonna run out of time but you know it like I do right uh, once you do it once mm -hmm. makes it a lot easier amen you just gotta do it yeah that's exactly right? right that's exactly right well Pastor Tom it's been great and I hope we can do a little bit more of this over the next coming weeks sure. and look forward to that but uh, just close us out and uh, encourage us to 
be out there and sharing the good news of yeah, Christ. Yeah, we hope this has been an encouragement to you today because, again, we know that we all struggle in this area, but we want to help you. We want to help you to be equipped uh, to live out the mission of God in your own life. And so if this has helped you today, go ahead and take this uh, episode and share it with a friend because we know there are others that need to be encouraged in this as well. Share it with a friend. Uh, if you don't mind, subscribe to this podcast so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week really would help us if you would leave a review on uh, iTunes or your podcast provider that helps us get the word out. And as always, we hope that today's episode has helped you connect faith to life. <music>